Maisa. So uh, we mentioned this, that basically we needed people to come testify when the new moon had been seen. And uh, that was the mitzvah. We, we talked about really the, uh, uh, unlike Shabbos, which is automatic, the moed only comes after the basin declares the new moon. It requires us to take an action. It really, uh, we have to show up at the meeting, so to speak. And, and part of that process is us uh, declaring the new moon, which means that we're declaring when the Yamin Tovim will be. And in order for that to happen, somebody has to witness the moon. Now, on a cloudy day, uh, it's possible that somebody might not have seen it because the clouds appear in one area. And so there would be a mitzvah to go and travel even on the Shabbos outside the Tchum. We violate the Shabbos in order to, uh, if needed, to uh, bring testimony. But what about on a clear day? where just like the witnesses see it, you can assume that everybody saw it. So there should be no need for people to travel outside the Tchum because people inside the Tchum will be able to see it. And the basin itself, when they look up at the sky, they would see it. So that's the question when uh, it's likely that there are many people. So the Mishnah brought a story, There was... uh, uh, one time, there was more than 40 pairs, at least 80 people, uh, and uh, they wanted to travel on the Shabbos beyond the boundary. And uh, in this particular case, I think the idea is that even if it wasn't a cloudy, uh, clear day, they see so many people coming, it, it's always possible if you only had one that there could be a problem in the testimony. But, or, but now that you have two or three, uh, there should be no problem. So, you know, pair number 65, go home. Uh, why should they stay? So what happened was, morning, what happened was uh, they, they said no need to travel. The Ikvin Revi Kiva. That's what it said. It said that Revi Kiva held them up. He held them up in Lud. I guess Lud is close to Yushalayim. Is that what the airport is? Lod. Yeah. Yeah, so it's near Yerushalayim, they got held up over there. So, uh, Tanya, there's another version. Uh, he said, don't blame that on Rebbe Kiva. We're going to see that it was a controversial move. That in general, when you disappoint witnesses, um, people think that someone else is going to do it. Uh, they're not going to want to do it. They're not going to want to pick up everything, drop and run to go testify especially if they won't be needed. Well, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, if you've got, I guess there's a group of people, and if you've got 40 pairs, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm, like, the 40th person, I'm thinking, okay, they got it. I don't need to go. I don't so know if, if it traveled as a group or it just ended up being that they, they were... They all ended up in the same place. They all ended up in the same place, no, right? No okay. I mean, when you think about it, there could be, you know, potentially there should have been thousands, but that's only right. those, you know, I guess not everybody could see it, but it ended up being quite a bit. So... Uh, so he has a different version. He said, Shezefer Rosh Shogidro Ikvim. Part of the issue is, Rabbi Kiva was an elderly sage. He wasn't like, uh, it wasn't like he was at the crossroads saying, stop, you know, hold it. That was not what, and he, he was only Rabbi Kiva when he was older. Uh, he started learning at 40. He became the Rabbi Kiva at, at age 80. So, you know, he's, you're not going to run into an 80-year-old man on the roads, you know, saying, stop. So that's the, he says that the, the policeman or the uh, Shazephir, he was the one who held them up. 
question is whether Rebbe Kiva told him or not. But the Yishlach Reb Gamliel, uh, and Reb Gamliel sent Farida Medulaso, and he took away his power. This guy Shazephir. Moving on. See the Mishnah. Abba Beno. What do you do if a father and a son see the new moon and uh, they're getting ready to travel and usually you can't have two relatives testify so they should still go even though they're related. Does that mean you can have two relatives? The Mishnah explains Loshim It doesn't mean that you can have two relatives testify. That's not testimony. They're really not two different people. When they're related, it's really coming from the same place. If something happens to one of them, if for one there's a reason that one witness will be no good, the father or the son, you'll still have the other. He says, for this kind of testimony, they're kosher. Uh, it's one thing if they have to testify uh, in some other matter, but this, this type of testimony, you could even have relatives. It once happened with Tuvi the doctor. That he saw the new moon in Yerushalayim. He, his son, and his freed servant. So there's a problem here. To take his son, his son is related. To take his servant, well, when, when he's a servant, servants can't be trusted. But he was freed, which means that uh, then he became a Jew. So uh, he decided to bring them both. When he came, the Kohanim received him and his son, they said, the servant, now we don't think he's good. And then they came in front of Beisdin. They took him and the servant. It's interesting what, what's going on here. What's the double? Who were the Kohanim? Was it the Beisdin of Kohanim? Or was, did they give an opinion? Exactly what, uh, what happened over here. But we see that in the end, it was a good thing he brought them both. Let's see the Gemara. Rashi doesn't really give us more information here. There's no Rashi at all on this. Okay. Omar Levi, my time is Rav Shimon. So uh, we see an argument here. Rav Shimon said that a father and son are kosher. What's his reason? Don't we always know testimony, relatives are no good? Because it says, There it's Mitzrayim, lay more. Hashem came to Moshe and Aaron. Moshe and Aaron were brothers. And Hashem said, Guess what? You guys are in charge. You guys are going to be the, able to testify about the new moon. So you see that he was talking to brothers. And he said, you can be witnesses. So you see from there that brothers are kosher for this. That's not what it means. It just means you'll be in charge of the Sanhedrin, but you'll accept witnesses from non-relatives. That's, uh, you can't infer that. Rashi takes Shura Bechem, three lines from the top. Bafa Pishay Machim, even though your brothers, it is good. No, Te Mesur Lechem, Lechashuve Hador. It just means the important people are responsible. Ani Moser Shekibo Edis. You should make sure that to receive the witness. He wasn't saying that relatives could be witnesses. He was just saying that the people who are the leaders are the ones who have to set this up. So those are the two opinions 
how to darshan that pasuk. So uh, let's see the Gemara. So we got Tuvia, the doctor. Actually, this yeah, Tuvia. Usually, Tuvia. Thought it was a Yiddish name, but evidently Tuvia is actually a Hebrew name. Uh, we hold like Rav Shimon that you can even have witnesses that are related. Uh, I once was stood in front of Rav and I said in front of him, Hilkos to Rav Shimon, is a local like Rav Shimon, Tanista. So uh, the question is, if that's simple, that the Allah is like Rav Shimon, the witnesses are good, why didn't Rav give an agreement? He sometimes didn't say yes or no. <laughs> he said, he loves like Rav and then he, he looked at him, right? So uh, why did he say something? How was your version of Rav Ipka It was the other way around. I had Rav saying relatives and not kosher. That's why he didn't say anything. They, uh, well known if you you know if you uh, say something and they're totally quiet that often means that there's something wrong. So he was quiet because the way you quoted it was incorrect. Omar, in other words, uh, there was another version of the debate, and that version had it that the uh, the relatives were not kosher. But he really held like this hilchasa that the relatives are kosher. Omar tuvia breda mar to mari tuvia va omar marukva omar shmuel hilchas the that's another repeat that the halacha was like Rav Shimon, as we learned it, that a father and a son would be kosher for this kind of uh, testimony. And, um, so why would a servant be no good? Uh, getting back to the other question, we know why maybe they didn't accept the son because we don't hold like Rav Shimon. But why would the Kohanim... Uh, say no, no to the servant. Was it the Kohanim who said no to the servant? Was the other way? Um, so Tosus here. They held like Rav Shimon. So we got that. There are two opinions about whether a relative was good or not. Uh, also, the witnesses should be like you, Moshinarin, people that are Kshirim, Yuchasim, full Jews. This would exclude like a Jew who uh, has a stigma attached or somebody who's not uh, not miuchis, not uh, not a full a full breeded Jew to testify. Could be it's, a, it's another drasha. Let's see the Gemara, the Mishnah. This uh, is an interesting Mishnah. Uh, we've brought it in other cases. Certain sometimes people can do something that make their themselves not eligible to testify. Uh, this, this actually comes up, sometimes people have non-religious relatives, but the relatives keep kosher. And the relatives tell them the food is kosher. But the problem is, and you're allowed to believe people, if somebody tells you something's kosher, there's no, you have no reason to doubt them. Uh, but uh, if they are not able to testify in a court of Jewish law, then they wouldn't be believed. Now, somebody that doesn't follow Jewish law or doesn't accept Jewish law wouldn't be able to testify in a court of Jewish law. You can't testify in front of a court that you don't recognize. So the problem with a non-Shomer Shabbos person is even if you believe they're telling the truth, they, they wouldn't be able to testify in front of a Beisdin. 
so that creates a problem. Ramosha has an interesting chuba. He says he had a case in Russia where the elderly father was very religious and his son, had, they were required to send him to school, became a communist, and the communists were atheists. And so his son would bring him the kosher food and say, Dad, here's the, uh, this meat is kosher. So could the elderly father believe the son? So he said in that case, um, uh, he said in that case he could, not because the son has belief, but because the father knows the son. It's a little bit of a different twist. In other words, it, he, it's not a question of believing the son. He, he knows the son wouldn't bring him non-kosher. And it's funny, he has a flip tshuva 30 years later where a, a kid becomes baltuva and his parents aren't, and his parents serve him the food and say it's kosher. And so he says in that case, the kid knows that the parents aren't going to lie to him. You know, so that's like a, so that's not so much that you trust them, it's that you have knowledge of how they work. You know, you know them very well. Depending on the relationship, you might even say I, you know that you can't trust them. Oh, uh, correct, correct, that's right, that's right, that's exactly right. So, but at any rate, the, but people can do something. Now, there's another twist to this also. They say it's an honor if you get picked at a wedding to be a witness. Because that means that uh, they trust you, that you didn't do, you're witnessing the testimony, you didn't do anything to lose that trustworthiness. Um, and there are things people can do in business, and, uh, dirty dealings or dishonesty that would ruin it. So they do say that if a person's called to be a witness, that they should do a quick tshuva and that they should say, you know, Shem, just in case I ever did anything that uh, would, uh, I, I wouldn't want to mess up this, uh, this uh, please forgive me, you know, and, uh, and that a person can get help because Hashem wants the wedding to go to work. And so that could be a, uh, a way for a person to get a quick tshuva or at least enough that he should be kosher. So, um, so where do we, we, so this is a quote in the Mishnah. The following are no good. I'm a sign the a professional gambler. Uh, that some people learn that. The question is, if you just gamble occasionally, if it's not, it's debatable, really, but that's people that play the dice, roll the dice. Umale berivis, people who loan money on interest. Umafrike yonim, people that uh, uh, are horse racers, but not horse racers, they're pigeon racers. So they, they didn't have horses there. Or they, that wasn't what they raced. They raced pigeons. Uh, who do business on Any testimony that a woman wouldn't be believed, they also would not be believed. Um, let's see some Rashi. What is a kubya? These are pieces of stone that they play a game where they, you know, they gamble on the dice. Well, they throw the blackjack. There's two. One view is that the person, uh, they end up taking money away from people who really don't intend to lose it. And that's a form of theft. It's rabbinic theft. It's only called theft if you grab the money from someone. That's like you steal the spear. That's called stealing. But when the person gives it to you because you tell them that you, you, uh, you, sw- you played a game of poker and you said, now hand it over, that's not called theft minatora. 
But if Midarabon, uh, they said certain types of gambling are theft. Umalvarivis, people who loan money. Interest love, it's not a Torah theft. If you're not supposed to pay interest and you take it anyways, you charge it anyways, so you're taking something that's not yours. So again, it's not a Torah theft, it's a rabbinic theft. Meshum al he gives it on his own. Okay. Back to the Gemara. So, ha yishuk sheirilo. If there's a testimony that women would be believed for, af hing sheirilo. So then these would also be good. So, um, what do you see from here? When is a woman believed? Om Ravashi. Ravashi said, you see from here, gazin divrem a rabbinic robber, which is, means minatora. They would be valid, but the rabbis considered their their testimony to be tainted. That would be kosher for edus isha. Um, if somebody died and somebody needs to testify that they died, that uh, even a woman is believed, and so even a gambler would be believed on that, or even a um, uh, person who loans money on interest would be able to, uh, to testify that somebody died. Okay, let's see the Mishnah. Mishra is the Chodesh for What about if you see the new moon, but you're, you, uh, you can't travel? It's, it's too far, to, you're unable to uh, go. So no problem. Uh, you can have them go on a donkey on Shabbos. Even if you have to carry the bed. Now what about if it's dangerous to travel? Sudulahem means that people wait to ambush people. So uh, how are you going to travel? It's not safe. Uh, right? So then what do you do? No problem. Lokin v'yadomakolos. You're allowed to take sticks with you to fight off the bandits. Now, what happens if it's a long journey and you'll get hungry? You can also carry food. Because people could potentially travel a whole night and a day so, uh, to get there. So, whatever is needed in order to do that. Um, now, who would, uh, uh, if people were traveling on Shabbos, they likely weren't carrying their money. So if they're not carrying their money and you're in a Jewish country, so who is going to ambush you? So let's see Rashi. Rashi is going to answer this question. If they're ambushers, that's where you see that word suda means to, to capture. Uh, Sometimes this, the the Baisusim and the Sadducees, the Samaritans, Hamai Orvin Lehem, they would set up ambushes, to hold them up, They wanted to try to uh, keep people from testifying about the new moon. So they would set up ambushes. It wasn't it wasn't robbers, it was uh, the, the Baisusim. Okay. Hadilach Arba Roshishan. We'll come back to you some other time. Let's see the moon. Not too often, but yeah. yeah. It is. Um, there's no argument in this part of the Mishnah. It's more of a. Uh, um, yeah. Um, in other words, when you have an argument, so then you need to explain the argument. You need to explain both sides. But sometimes, you know, this Mishnah was, was pretty straightforward. But yeah. I'd have to. Yeah, I'd have to wonder. That's it takes to figure out how many times it happens. But okay, let's see the new parak. Im um, What happens if a guy shows up, 
and you didn't know who he is. You didn't know if he's a servant. You didn't know if he's trustworthy. So, Michelle Chanimo Echelahido. Unless the guy's famous, unless they know him in the basin, he should bring along somebody with him to say, hey, this guy's legit. Rishona, originally, originally, they didn't need that. They used to accept testimony from everybody. Misha Kalka Baisusim, once the Baisusim tried to mess up the system, he sucked Nishloim Makavan Elam Manemakirin. They would only accept if you knew exactly that person was, uh, was legit. That he was, uh, Makirin means that he's a true witness, that he's not going to lie. Somebody of a good reputation. Let's see, Gemara, Mayachar. How many people, uh, what kind of testimony? Usually, testimony is two people. So it sounded like you just bring one. Uh, isn't that also not going to do the trick? So, Mayachar. So, one view is, yeah, for this, one is acceptable. Um, one person, the Havamina, as we turn the page, that it would be enough. So then the Gemara says, Bechad mi Mehemmin. Is one person really enough to establish that a person is, is, is trustworthy? A person came with witnesses to testify about. You need two witnesses. You're right. When it says one, it means one pair. It's uh, So now who testifies that the, uh, that the pair is trustworthy? Um. My assumption is that the pair were known people and that the one who testified was somebody who was from out of town or something who nobody knew. That was my, that's my assumption, how I understood this. Because otherwise, <laughs> you, you know, if you have to get witnesses, so who are the witnesses? Unless it's enough if you have two people to establish that, that, uh, uh, that would be good. Okay, back to the Gemara. Omer of Papa. He said... Um, Again, zug acher, one other pair. And this is not far-fetched. Mistavra, it's logical. You because if you're not going to say like that, what does it mean if they don't recognize him? My oso, who's him? If it's just one person, why would one person set it straight? It's a mishpat. It means that uh, oso means that pair. So now when it says he brings another, so it means another pair. So it's the, originally people would come in twos to testify, and when it says he brings another, it must be another pair. Then the Morris says, are you sure that one person isn't enough to establish trustworthiness? What about the following? It once happened with Rabbi Nahora. Rev, the great Rebbe Nahora went to testify that a witness was good. So he was one person. So you see that one person is believed. So Gomorrah says, No, it means Rebbe Nahora and one other. I, why doesn't it mention him? Because the other person wasn't as famous as Rebbe Nahora. They just wanted to say, wow, even Rebbe Nahora. Part of the story is, that there's a mitzvah to even be a, a witness to testify about the credibility of another witness. And so you see that because even the rabbi went uh, to testify about the credibility. Rav Ashi gives a different answer. He says, 
the other witness was an Usha of Azurim Nahara, let's do Fibahade. He was the he was the witness number two to be together. So the Mora says, then everything Iyachi Mailmaimer isn't an obvious. Marutema Misfeka Lomachin Shabbos. I mean, when he gets there, what if there isn't another witness? So he might have ended up profaning the Shabbos for nothing. Kamash Malan, that uh, even for when you're not sure if the other witness is there, you still go. When Ula came, he testified that in Eretz Israel they sanctified the new moon uh, early. They saw it. Not only Ula, even though he was a rabbi, you believe him. I feel Inish Diyama, anybody would believe. My time Anything that you're going to find out, you know, you could check on this. He said that they declared the new moon. If he's a liar, you're going to have, you know, you're going to know it. Sooner or later, you're going to find out. So you could believe him now. It's a famous rule. Somebody can be checked on. There's a reason to, uh, uh, to trust him. Taninami Yachi. Someone comes from the other side of the world. You have no idea who he is. You could still believe him because uh, why would he lie about something that you'll be able to find out sooner or later? So then we said initially they would accept testimony from any person. Tan Rabbanin, my kilkel. What does it mean, kilkel? It got the system got messed up. Who did it? The answer, kilkel baisusim. It was the baisusim. They pamachas at once happened. Bikshu by Susul Mahatos They wanted to mess up the sages. So they, they go into this a little bit. Why would they just want to mess up the, the system? So the Basusim were literalists. They followed the literal Torah. And there's a question when we celebrate Pesach, and there's a Pasuk about it saying the day after Shabbos. So what happened was that if the new moon was spotted on the wrong day, Pesach wouldn't come out after Shabbos. So they wanted to uh, set it up so that it would work out according to them. That's what they were trying to do. So, they hired two false witnesses. It took 400 zoos. That's, a, that's big bucks. Uh, for uh, um, two zoos, you could buy a goat. Right? One goat for two zoos. So 400 zoos is 200 goats. That's big bucks. So they paid 400 zoos. Um, so the witnesses, it turned out one was a, a regular Jew and one was a Baitusi Jew. The witness that was from their group testified falsely and he left. Shalanu, uh, the one that was from, uh, normally from the regular religious Jews. Tell us how you saw the moon. Uh, I saw a uh, ula means like a young sheep. He said, I saw a sheep in Maledum. The moon was like a sheep in between the mountains, and the head looked like a cow, and the ears looked like a goat, and the horns looked like a deer. And his tail was in between uh, its thighs. And when it saw me, then it moved back. He's describing the moon. So, and if you don't believe me, what I'm telling you, I've got 200 bucks that I was paid to testify this. That that's what the moon looked like. So he, he testified about it in a silly way. 
so they clearly would know that he would not reliable and that he was paid to do it. So who paid you? He said, Shamati This the Bitsusim wanted to mess up your system. I thought, you know what? I'm going to go and volunteer to be one of their false witnesses. Because maybe they'll get a false witness who really is a good liar. And they'll fool the sages. So I'll go and volunteer to make sure that the, uh, they won't get a better false witness. And I'll tell the sages what's going on. So, and, uh, so he really uh, put himself to big trouble prevent the Beisusim from messing up the system. On Merlot, they said, since you did that, and now normally if you are a false witness and you don't testify falsely, you have to give back the money. Right? They should get their money back. So they said to him, we'll let you keep the 200 Zeus. And the one that hired you, they should be stretched on the pole. They should be given the treatment. Uh, but from then on, they realized that we only would accept testimony from people who they knew. So let's do a Rashi here. What's the deal? How could they take the money away if people paid him that money to testify falsely? Shouldn't he have to give it back? How could the sages give him the money? Rashi, the 200 Jews you could keep. Uh, you're permitted not to give it back. Even though you didn't do your mission, you were hired to testify falsely and you didn't. The courts are allowed to give a penalty and take it away from the owner. In other words, if the courts want to issue a fine, a ticket, and say, you got to pay us money, they could. Like it says, How do you know that the courts have that authority? Ezra said, anybody who doesn't show up, uh, I'll give you three days, you be there or be square, or he said, if you don't show up, then I'm going to allow anybody to take away your money. So that worked. People weren't really interested in having him. The question was, how was he allowed to say that, that their money would be Hefker? The answer is that Basin is allowed to, uh, basically it's the same as the city is allowed to tax. They're allowed to they have the authority to say, uh, your money is our money. Okay, let's I, see. I don't think the Gemara said whether it was Shabbos or not, but could he go through this whole ruse and take the money and you know travel and all that on Shabbos? That's a good point. Like, it seems like he would be able to in, sort of to, in order to would protect he need? the integrity of the system. In other words, you're saying he took the money to prove he'd been bribed. Yeah. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, that because that was part of what he said. If you don't believe me, look, why, where would I get all that money from? You know, that's, that's interesting. That's an interesting question. Um, if he felt that was the only way to prove that he was, uh, yeah. Because why does he mention it, right? Why does he even have to tell him about it? Um, unless he thought maybe they might think he's crazy, but they'll believe him. So he wanted them to know. No, this is the, uh, uh, you know, this is the deal. So it 
they, they do talk about why the Gemara goes into detail, not why he said that. Everybody could choose their own words. But why does the Gemara tell us that? So they, uh, they, they different Mephorshim see different messages in there, what he was trying to say with the, uh, you know, because they're definitely strange. It's a strange, why did you just, why did you just say it was, it was a blue moon, you know, it was a, once in a blue moon, it was, it was a funny color or it was a funny shape or, why does it go into such detail? You know, the way I was understanding it is he was just trying to make it sound as nonsensical as possible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay. Let's see the, uh, the Mishnah. For Yeshona, initially, how would they notify the, far, the communities far away? Instead of sending a runner, they would be Masi and Masos. They would send up torches. They would go to the mountaintops, and they had a signal system. They would send up torches, and once the Sadducees uh, set up uh, the fake Arus, then they had to send messengers. How did they send uh, torches? They brought cedar poles, very long, and they brought vegetable oil, uh, they brought olive oil, uh, oil from uh, uh, oil, and flax, and they tied it around the poles, Bola Roshahar, and they went up on the mountaintop, and they lit up these poles, Molukumevi Malurumorid. And they did the, the Lulav. They did up and down and sideways. Um, they did in all directions. Until they would pick that up on the other mountain. And so then the guy on the other mountain did that, Vaharashlishi. Now, where, which mountains did they use? It was from Haramishka le Stratavia, and Stratavia le Gerfania, Regafania le Choron, and Choron le Beis Bilton. With Beis Bilton, lo Zazi Misham, they didn't, um, uh, they, by the time it reached that part, Alamoluchu maybe Malunamorid, they went in all directions. Ache Roy Kolagola, fun of, you could see bonfires all the way out. It, uh, the people would go to the tops of their roofs and help spread the, uh, the bonfire message. I saw an interesting article once about Israeli um, people studying the land. They were able to find these, you know, trace these cities by going to the mountaintops and trying to figure out, you know, how far can you see and, you know, would they, you know, the, it's, uh, it depends also how high they would be also. Like if you're on top of Stone Mountain, you could see very, you know, you'd be able to see a torch in the, in, in the distance. But, uh, Rabbi like Stein, did they do that only at night? I assume. I assume it was only at night, yeah. So would it be like a little lake for everybody? I mean, uh, well, no, the... the came earlier that, that day, the earlier day. Now they're waiting for the night, which is the next day already. This is for the holidays, for it, for it to know about uh, Sukkot and Pesach, and not necessarily for Rosh Chodesh. Um, it seems like the, this would be a really easy way for the Paisusim to mess things up. Because you can't verify when you're on the mountaintop Far away, right, right. It's coming from a trusted source. But they they didn't think they would go to that trouble until it happened. Once they saw that they were into that, trying to mess things up, then they realized they couldn't rely on that anymore. Okay. But they had no reason to suspect that somebody. This was like you know, with, right. no harm done. Why would somebody do that? Right. Okay. So now the more just first wants to know on the language. How do you know the word Masian means a light of fire? Do you could? How do you know it means the light of fire? 
the answer is you see that that word means lit up so that's that's where the word came from every now and then there's a word used that they're not so familiar with so how did they do it? Did they tell people that it was the earlier month or did they tell people it was a full month, the next day? So this view is that they only did it for the early month. In other words, if they saw it on the, on the, the, the month on the early day, um, then they would do it. And when would they put up the fire? Laori Buru, on the night after, right? That's when they, the testimony would be that day. And so the night after, which is actually the night that would have been the extra night, uh, the Ori Buru, that there would have been the night that if the moon hadn't come yesterday, it would be the next night. So the Gemara says, So basically, we tell people that it was a short month, and we don't tell people it was a long month. My time, why don't we do it both ways? Because uh, sometimes that will create confusion. If you have a Rosh Chodesh that's short on Erev Shabbos, so you can't do it Friday night. So, when do you do it? So, you do it Matzi Shabbos. And if you did it when you had the uh, moon a day later, so people won't know if the moon was sighted on. Thursday, and it's a Friday nighter, and they just pushed it off, or, the, or it's really on a Matzi Shabbos. So that's going to create a problem. Okay? We will stop.